This is Changemakers Without Borders with Mike Cooper on Peach City Radio, CFUZ. With me here today is James Cunningham, the co-founder of the Penticton and Area Cooperative Enterprise, PACE for short. Welcome. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's great to be here, and I'm really happy for... Uh, City Radios. This is just amazing that you guys have been able to, to get to this spot. And, Thank you uh, very much. Yeah, and we've been uh, well, we've been enjoying uh, your growth as, as our growth has been going along too, because we're both two community-based organizations, and we're both trying to make for a better community. Mm-hmm. So what PACE is, is PACE is a social enterprise, and PACE is there to help people who have mental health issues, uh, barriers to employment, we have started to work with uh, a homeless person to sort of see what issues come out of that. Um, we offer employment and it's paid. Uh, everything that, if you come to work for PACE, you get paid. Um, we have um, a number of different businesses that we run. Uh, probably our most, uh, the one in the, the in most people's minds is, is the electronic recycling where we um, do do electric deal with electronic waste we also repurpose computers uh, laptops uh, stereos and we then in turn uh, resell them to the to the public and uh, there is a lot of really good stuff that comes through that uh, people are are always looking for and it's quite amazing uh, you know, what people dispose of. And uh, there is a huge market for other people to uh, to pick up on it. So, and we don't like to sell people problems. So we sell, we sell computers that are, still have uh, good life in them. And, uh, and they're not going to be something that's, you know, six, eight months down the road, you're going to be wishing you hadn't bought it. <laughs> so, um, so we do the computer sales and, and the electronic recycling. We also do mattress recycling up at the landfill. Um, so when people take their mattresses up to the landfill, we have crews that go up there and we disassemble all of the mattresses. So all of the material goes to one pile, the metal into the metal pile, wood into the wood pile, and there's nothing left. So if you bury a mattress, uh, which I hadn't realized until we started this, they never compress. So you lose that volume in your in your landfill. So with Pace taking these apart, um, we save the landfill years of time. Last year, we probably did, I think, close to 9,000 mattresses. So when you start piling those up, um, that's a lot of space. Wow. Yeah. And it provides employment for people. And um, so we've got crews that go out and we do um, from Summerland down to Soyuz. And uh, it's a great little business for people. So what kind of people do you work with usually? Um, well, we do, like within um, the people that come into us to, to work for us, they have mental health issues, they have uh, physical disabilities, they have, you know, homelessness. Those, those are the, that's sort of the type of people. Um, not really able to work the traditional 40-hour week. And usually the first question when I ask them when somebody comes in, what are you thinking? And if they tell me it's 40 hours a week, we usually have to have a little chat because uh, if they're here and talking to me 
40 hours probably isn't realistic, but it's what they've been conditioned to say to get a job. And what we try and do is, through employment, help people figure out what their sweet number is. You know, is it 12 hours a week? Is it 16 hours a week? And this can be just right now. Like, what can you do right now? And as people sort of start, like the lowest number I've ever had somebody give me was 15 minutes a week. And I thought, you're being totally realistic, you know, like to actually have, to actually say that about yourself, you've thought about this. And uh, so we started at 15 minutes a week and uh, it, the fellow had horseshoes and I had horseshoes up my rear end. Uh, I said, well, what do you think about, what would you like to do? And he said, I would like to um, just pick up litter. And I had just got a contract at the hospital at that point doing all the cigarette butts. And I said, well, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, oh, wow. So yeah, so he was totally happy and... Uh, um, Did he, he move up from the 15? Oh, to, oh, totally, totally. You know, 15 became 30, 30 became, became an hour. Uh, and if you were to see that person today, um, they're a happening, happening unit out there. They're, you know, life is good. And um, you know. How many hours is he working now? Um, well, he's moved on. Like he's out there working on his own now. Oh, wow. Uh, people, you know, the idea is for people to come in when get, the their, night get an idea has come get the confidence back and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see no I won't be afraid oh I won't be afraid just as long as you stand stand by me so darling, darling, stand by me, oh, stand by me, oh, stand, stand by me, and stand by what me. I can do, which works really well, is if people show up for work, and I'm out talking to an employer, and I say, well, listen, you know, this guy shows up 100% of the time. <laughs> he is interested in working. I can tell the, the employer, you know, what I have discovered about him in order to make him a better employee, you know, and sometimes it's just a matter of spending a few minutes at the end of each shift saying, you know, thanks, Bob. I'm really happy you came in. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday. And people feel good. <laughs> and, and, it's really can be that simple to bring somebody back, um, provided they're prepared to show up for work. If you don't show up for work, you can't be trained. But if you're if you're there, an employer can work with you, and uh, and we're really happy when people are always showing up. <laughs> so, um, so when I'm out talking to employers, you know, like we are coming from a really good spot where I can say, you know, like this person can work, you know, sixteen hours a week. Where it sometimes goes off the rails is they're a great employer. They the employer will take them. Um, sixteen hours is going along, and then summer hits, and all of a sudden sixteen has moved to twenty. 
20 is moved to 24, and then the person starts to wobble, mm -hmm. and then they're, they're not showing up for shifts, and then the employer is phoning me and saying, hey, this guy isn't really working out, and then we look at the whole thing and realize, well, 16 is the magic number, you know, like if you stay in that, um, it'll work. If you go up and you expect more, you're probably going to have problems. So... You know, it, it, there's a lot of um, communication that has to go on and it's getting people to be able to talk about how they're doing and, um, and getting employers to actually stop and just listen for a few minutes because you can get a really good employee by just spending a little bit of time. You know, and... Listening uh, to listen the needs. To the needs. And... Um, and it's not that they're trying to get out of it. They're trying to survive doing it. You know, when people have anxiety, um, like I'm afraid of heights. So I imagine anxiety, if I had to do my job standing on top of a wire at 500 feet, I would be totally unproductive. And yet I see people coming in with anxiety and they're, you know, it's, it's hurting them and they're trying and you just got to sort of uh, ease them into it. And it can be really simple thing. I had a fellow who, when he started with me, um, he was concerned about customers. And I said to him, well, you know, you can just shut the door. You know, if you need to shut the door, shut it. And once he realized that he could do that, it sort of, he didn't need to do it. And... Um, and you know what, if he needs to shut the door for five minutes, 10 minutes to just sort of regroup, fine. People can wait and uh, he will be back. And he's, uh, you know, he is actually a great employee. We always do two or three for the working man, but this is really the working man song, one called the working man blues. It's a big job getting by with nine kids and a wife. Yeah, but I've been a working man, dang near all my life, and I'll keep on working. As long as my two hands are fit to use. I'll drink a little beer that evening and sing a little bit of this working man blues. jobs do these employees go into after going through the training oh, process can, with you? It can be all sorts of things. Um, they can be working at Safeway. They can be working for, you know, whoever, you know, whatever they're wanting to do. Would it be like construction or office um, work? or Construction has always been a bit harder because construction, when, when the market is there, people work and they're working, you know, the the 10, the 12 hour days when the sun's, you know, sun's running high they, in the sky, high in the sky, they want to be earning. And, uh, and that makes it difficult for, you know, some of my, the people I deal with because they can't do that, you know? So, um, you're trying to always get the best fit, but what we could do would be doing site cleanups, um, things like that, you know, where, 
you know, we, we would form up a, a worker pool or set a contract with, with a company and we would provide, uh, provide labor to come in and do it. Uh, we had one Penticton foundry where we set up a worker pool. So we took um, three full-time positions and we divided it between 16 people. So the, the mandate was you had to be able to work a four-hour shift. And so what we would do is, you know, break it down. So some people would take, you know, a single shift. Some people were taking three shifts. Uh, we would look at people's medications. And if they were saying, well, you know, like, I, I really want to do this, but I can't wake up at nine o'clock. Like I, I wake up at noon because mm -hmm. the meds are so, so heavy. So we would just put them onto the afternoon shift and, uh, you know, it was safer for them. They could, uh, have, there was a way better chance of them showing up for their shift and, uh, great success. And we had a lot of people come through and they ended up working full time up at the foundry. So it's, um, it is totally doable. And, uh, and in this market where, you know, employers are always complaining that it's hard to get people. It is, but it isn't, you know, you just got to look at things a little differently. And, um, cause there's a lot of people out there that just the 40 hour week isn't, mm -hmm. they can't do it. Yeah, to bring flexibility. Bring flexibility and, you know, and it makes for a better community when somebody is actually able to work, you know, 16 hours a week. All of a sudden they can have better food. They can have a better apartment. Um, they can have, you know, they can, they can just decide that they'd like to have a coffee. You know, it is all the things we take for granted and it also re-engages people back into community. So, you know, when I... I had three boys that uh, grew up in, in Penticton and I would sometimes be driving down Main Street and I'd be looking and I, at the time I referred to them as time bombs and I just always hoped that my kids wouldn't bump into one of these time bombs and have their life totally changed. And I think, I'm not, I, it's not being, uh, I don't, I, I, that sounds terrible what I've said, but I think we have to engage with people. We have to be inclusive in this community to make it a better community, to make it a safer community. should not swipe a bike or, you know, break something because they're just plain frustrated. Is that so, what inspired you to start this project <laughs> and this um, social enterprise? Well, I actually, I suffered from uh, severe depression and I had run uh, a very successful business for years. And when I sold it, I decided that I wasn't going to do anything until I sort of figured out what was going on in my life. And, uh, 
then I was invited to come down. There was, um, at, at Interior Health, they were looking to try and get, I was in a depression group, and they asked me if I would come down and have a look at what they were doing, and there was nothing there. And I have, in my family, there's um, a lot of mental health issues. So when I started looking at this, I just thought, I can actually do this. I have a pretty damn good idea how business works. I've got a really good idea or a pretty good idea on mental health and how I have felt. And yeah, by just sort of marrying those two, um, it, uh, it seems to work and it is probably the most interesting, um, business model, um, because it has to be real. We have to make money. We have to do things in a timely manner because there is no, if we make a mistake, we're out of business. And I drill that into people that, you know, we're all in this together and, uh, and people, you know, rise up and, and, uh, in some, in some cases can be great employees for me. And so, take it in stride. And take it in stride. Yeah. And, and, and I think the thing is, um, employment is such a, um, people think I'm the boss and yet I at times feel I'm working for them because I'm trying to figure out how to make this work mm-hmm. and what it is that's going to make it, um, um, make it fly. So, right. yeah, it, it, it and it, what all, is, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, like all the traditional stuff does not work in pace. You just have to, um, each day is interesting and, uh, and each day uh, can be extremely rewarding and extremely challenging. It's, uh, what is there, what are some obstacles that you've come across that? Well, for me, um, sort of like a, I'm a sort of a one man show, and what I'm always looking for are capacity builders, people who have an idea and they want to engage. They, 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 they want to do something. Um, so, you know, it, it, it could be a retired orchardist who has pruned for years and, you know, maybe he'd be interested in, in coming along and training, training a group, helping us get some contracts, helping us, you know, do it. But at the end of it, there might be 10 guys who are then working on these contracts, you know, and they get five or six years of, of employment out of it. It can be anything, but it's trying to get people to come in to help to create more opportunity. And to be active. And to be active. You know, like it's, um, you get lots of people with lots of ideas, but you got to also do something about it. And if you want to do something about it and you want to make um, the effort, like Pace is there to help. Like we've got, you know, uh, payroll, we've got insurance, we can, you know, do receivables. Uh, it's, it's all there, the structure. So if you've got an idea for a business and, you know, you think it would be a good community business, we're all ears to try and figure out how we can make things, make things work. Yeah. And you were mentioning some, like, you know, every day is interesting and some are very rewarding and some are very challenging. Is there a certain example that comes to mind, um, of a person that you've been working with? Oh, um, 
Yeah, it was an extremely like a, a big challenge for you to overcome. And what, what oh, did there, you do? There, yeah, no, there are some people that, um, yeah, that they're they're they can be difficult to work with. And uh, in what way? Uh, absolutely, they they can be just plain obnoxious. And you know, like you're just like can be banging your head against the wall and. Uh, listening to how everything should be better and you know you just have to sort of say okay but this is what we're going to be doing and uh, and gradually just and it's it's their insecurities it's their lack of experience that is causing them to to voice out or they just haven't really figured things out yet but if you can give them sort of that safe place where you're not going to freak out on them you're just going to try and keep the thing going and maybe take a little break and walk around the block and then come back and start again (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, a good walk in nature is it it, can help it can really help and um you know and yeah it's when you just see people getting on with their lives and that they can they go off and, and, and some times you'll, you know, I'll be in the mall and I'll see somebody and they don't really want to talk because they don't want to sort of associate or well, something. Yeah. They're, that part of their life is done. And so, and I'm totally happy because it is done and they've, you know, they're doing something else and they're back in community and, uh, which is actually a great achievement because they, they were able to, to have pace as their jumping board. Exactly. To move on to their next stage in their life. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it's all about: is giving people at least that opportunity where they can where they can start and to rebuild their confidence. For myself, like you know, there was a time where I thought I would never work again, and I always carry that with me, that feeling. And when I'm talking with people, like yeah, it will pass. You will, you will get onto it, and you will. Um, be back in society. And you don't take it for granted anymore. <laughs> never, never, yeah. never. It can, uh, it can, when I think of, you know, the being, the, that time of being president, it can bring me to tears, you know, because it was just such a waste, you know, of, of, now if you'd have the opportunity to go and meet the new mayor in Penticton what would you tell him about the needs in the South Okanagan in the community well I think that um you, you, you can look at the, I mean, he's sort of more interested in policing and I am don't think policing is really the answer. I think that we have to involve people into it. We have to look at how we would go about creating employment opportunities. And like these don't have to be big full-time jobs. They can be, you know, five hours, 10 hours, 15 hours a week, but it gives somebody something to do and if you start to you know plan like what is it that you sort of need done you know and uh, 
Um, I saw they had a contract where they were going to expand the litter pickers. Well, that's a great little job. It keeps keeps Penticton clean. To expand the which? Uh, for litter pickup. Oh, oh litter yeah. pickup. Yeah. yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. that helps all of us. It gives people um, responsibility that, you know, like, yeah, this park is nice because I take care of it. And it's not like... It's better to have somebody take responsibility of a park and that they can look at it and say, yeah, I did a great job, rather than have the police come along and move them along because they're laying on the, in the park. You mm-hmm. know, like, those are sort of the... Uh, I, I just think, you know, if, we, if we're proactive and we try and help people, we will actually help ourselves. And, you know, the whole homeless problem, as I see it, is it's so big that you know no government is ever going to figure it out and they're fools to be even thinking that they can address it um you know it is literally one person at a time and i think that we in my mind uh we need the community to actually engage like when when the syrian refugees came in there was communities got together groups of people and they supported the families and I thought that is a super idea it works really well and we just can do the same thing with homelessness like it's reconnecting people back into society you know they burnt their bridges um, be ready to have the bridges the new bridges you throw out there burnt to the ground but if you don't try nothing happens so and you know you never know when you might be the lucky one that actually can help somebody turn their life around and that's worth it. So is there a certain message that you would tell, um, your, the youth in Penticton, if you would be able to, um, in a way, send them a message, uh, that they would hear and perhaps act upon? Um, well, I think for me, I, I think, it's really important that you engage in, in what's going on. Um, you know, everybody can go out and they can protest and they can do this and that, but you got to do something, <laughs> you know, like um, you actually have to say, I will make a difference. Um, my um, son's girlfriend, she has organized a, um, uh, a little social enterprise in Victoria and she's giving homeless women um personal hygiene products, uh, you know, and all of this. And that's something that she's just started grassroots herself and a couple of friends. And they've been doing it now for probably 18 months. All of these things, you know, will make a difference for, for, for people. So, but, you know, we also have to be offering people the opportunity and we have to also not be discouraged when it doesn't work, but just try somebody else. You know, it's like when you had your kids, there was times where you could literally pull your hair out and, (laughs) (laughs) and yet they're still your kids. You carried on with them and you got through that bit. And this, this is the same with people who have barriers or homeless. There are, you can't swipe left. No, no, you, you have to take responsibility. You have to take responsibility. It's, um, and that's what it is. And I think that's, um, yeah, and, and don't be afraid. 
you know, go out there and um, grab hold of something. Just go do it. Um, you know, people, people look at me and they go, oh, geez, you know all this. Well, I know squat. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> totally honest. Um, I just know what I know and, you know, um, and I just keep trying. And that's what you got to do. And when somebody has an idea, I'm all ears. You're listening to Changemakers Without Borders. That was James Cunningham from Penticton and Area Cooperative Enterprise, or PACE for short, which provides employment opportunities and skill-based training to people with disabilities, mental illnesses, or other serious challenges. PACE has initiatives that mutually contribute to the workers and the community, like computer and electronics recycling, mattress recycling, and cleaning up our parks with litter pickup. Thank you for lending your ears. I'm your host, Mai Cooper, at CFUZ.